When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, February 1st, 2021, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, it, uh, it was an exciting weekend for the Indians. They, they made a move. They, they solved the outfield problem, right? One, one fell swoop. They, they made a signing. They, they brought in uh, the, the enemy of my friend is my enemy, isn't it? it it's, they, they brought in the, the, the biggest Indians killer on the, the, the Minnesota Twins over the last how many years? Uh, Eddie Rosario signs a one-year, $8 million contract to play with the Indians, uh, presumably in left field. But uh, what do you think of the signing of bringing in Eddie Rosario to solve all of the outfield woes for the Indians? Yeah, I, I don't know if he solves all of them, Joe, but I'm, 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 I was excited when, when uh, uh, the, this deal went down Friday. I was surprised, I should say, more, more shocked than uh, excited because – I didn't see this coming. I, I, I figured they had no way, you know, they just didn't have the, the money to sign this guy, but uh, one year deal, 8 million. I think it's a reflection on how tough that market is out there, Joe, right now, uh, just for, you know, as, as spring training gets closer, you know, the music's going to stop and a lot of people are going to be without chairs. And uh, so I think Eddie uh, jumped on this one year deal and I think he solved so many problems with, with this, Joe. I mean, the Indians' problems. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he he gives them, you know, a, a veteran guy. Uh, a lot of the things that folks didn't like about Eddie Rosario in Minnesota are going to come over here to Cleveland. They're they're he'll he'll be frustrating at times, but he's going to produce well over whatever we were getting out of, you know, whoever platooned in left, whoever platooned in right over the past three, four seasons anyways. So just by, by sheer production, and he loves hitting in progressive field. I think that's a, a big key. He loves hitting against the other AL Central teams. Uh, that's a big key. Uh, this was a, a pretty good fit for the Indians. It was exactly what they needed. Uh, a guy who can pretty much play every day out there and left. Yeah, I mean, they haven't had an outfielder like this, in my opinion, since Brantley left in 2018 where Francona can just put him out there every day and not worry about him. And uh, I mean, he, obviously, you know, he's, he's 277 splits against righties, 277 versus lefties. He's played much more against righties. His power numbers are bigger against righties, but uh, you know, this is a guy in a, in an outfield where you, 
we didn't know who was playing where last year, you know, uh, that he gives you some stability. He's, he's a veteran. He's a postseason. He's got postseason experience. And, uh, you know, to get this deal done, uh, Chris Antonetti had to go to uh, ownership and uh, ask him to uh, kind of loosen the purse strings to, uh, to sign them. And I think this gives, gives the Indians that lineup some legitimacy and uh, it makes it a big league lineup again. Where, where do you think Rosario fits into this lineup? If you were having to guess, if you were Terry Francona filling out a lineup card, uh, you know, on day one right now. Well, I like him. I mean, I was looking where he hit last year with the twins and it was anywhere from third, fifth, sixth. And I, you know, I kind of like him in the four, in the four spot. Uh, you know, Cesar Hernandez, I, you know, if you, if you go with Mercado in the number two spot, then Jose Ramirez, Rosario, Franmil Reyes, and then, you know, then you kind of go with you know, maybe Josh Naylor or, you know, somebody at first base, one of those left-handed hitters, and you go from there. But I like him, you know, I think he can hit anywhere from third to a fifth, maybe sixth. And, uh, you know, being left-handed, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can go back and forth. It gives Tito some uh, options to, to uh, give balance to the lineup. Right. Uh, you know, he, he might not be the most dazzling uh, left fielder in terms of defense. He, he's, he'll be solid. He won't be anything spectacular. Uh, what he does do really well is hit any pitch anywhere. He can hit balls out of the strike zone as well as anybody in baseball, and he can hit them for home runs. That's the thing. There were times I, I can recall games in Minnesota that I, that I covered where he would hit balls that were, you know, six to eight inches out of the strike zone and hit them out of the park. So the, the potential is there for him to, to hit, you know, 25 home runs in a year. And, and that's something that the Indians haven't had out of an outfielder in, you know, in, in a good long time, pretty, pretty much all of Francona's, uh, um, uh, you know, tenure here. Uh, so, so a guy that you can pencil in the lineup, I, I think maybe – Maybe a five six, uh, you know, spot in the batting order might might be good. Maybe to protect, you know, Framil Reyes yeah, if you put him idea. at number four. Uh, I've I've seen a couple of people, you know, propose lineups where he was hitting second, and I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can. If you get Cesar Hernandez on second base, and you put Eddie Rosario batting second, and he's swinging from his heels at, at balls that are out of the strike zone, I don't think you can put a guy that doesn't make enough contact there at the in the number two spot. So. I would drop him down, uh, you know, below that three, four slot and, and have him, you know, maybe add a little punch to the lineup there. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, with the addition of Hernandez, this really gives this lineup a fighting chance. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you've got a professional leadoff hitter, switch hitter at the top. Now you bring a legitimate power hitter into the middle of the lineup somewhere. Uh, you know, I was looking at, uh, baseballreference.com his average production over 162 games is you know like 28 29 home runs 90 RBIs and you know when was the last time I mean the Indians outfielders hit 11 home runs last year you know all combined, combined. so <laughs> you know, so this is you know this is an upgrade and this is uh you know something that 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 you know you you think about Chris Antonetti saying we're going to compete we, we want to try for the the postseason this year, we're not rebuilding. Well, you know, signings like Hernandez and uh, Rosario kind of, you know, back him up on that. I don't know if it works, 
but it, it, it lets, I think it lets the fans know that they're serious about this upcoming season. With Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers, Bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way uh, uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that, you know, you usually, uh, when you're able, respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things and then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey or Joe at 216-208-4346. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or send a text message to 216-208-4346. We look forward to having you as a member of Indian subtext. Okay, the signings of Rosario along with uh, the confirmed signing of Cesar Hernandez on Friday, uh, they answer a couple of questions there. It answers a, an outfield question. It answers the second base question. Also creates uh, another question in what is the future? What does the future hold for a guy like Ahmed Rosario, who uh, the Indians are going to have to pay what? Uh, I believe they agreed to a, a 2.2 2.4 million in arbitration uh, settlement there. So uh, you've got a guy who you're paying there uh, who, who could be your starting everyday shortstop, but you've also got a kid that you like in Andres Jimenez, who's got a little bit of experience and who's probably an upgrade. Who's definitely an upgrade defensively at the position. Uh, does this, the signing of Eddie Rosario, does the, the, the return of Cesar Hernandez mean that the Indians could be shopping Ahmed Rosario to a team that needs a shortstop, and there are a few still out there. Yeah, I think it's a possibility, Joe. I, I think it's something the Indians prefer not to do. I think they want to see what they have in Rosario. Maybe if he is, if he's not the starting shortstop, maybe he helps him as a super utility guy, utility guy. You know, he's got some pop. A couple of years ago, what, he had 17 home runs. Uh, but, you know, they also have a need in the bullpen. Uh, and... Uh, I think you could, you know, and with Cincinnati, their favorite trade partners, one of their favorite trade partners is looking for a shortstop. So is Oakland. Uh, you, maybe you make, are able to make a deal, but I, I, I get the impression that that's not their main focus, but who knows? It could change if, if uh, you know, the right people are talked about. Right. Uh, the Reds recently signed are, are traded for or acquired uh, Kyle Holder. I, I believe he's a, a rule five guy. I, I'm not really sure of his status, but Kyle Holder doesn't seem like the guy that you you want to roll out there as your starting shortstop. If you're Cincinnati on day one. 
Yeah, I think that's a depth guy. You know, they, they still have to find a shortstop. You know, uh, you know Marcus Simeon. Simeon goes to Toronto. A, a draw, uh, Simmons goes to the to the Twins. Didi uh, uh, Gregorius goes back to the Phillies. So you know the shortstops are disappearing here, and uh, so uh, you know. I, and I don't know what uh, you know if you're if you're a team looking for a shortstop, who are you going to call on? You're going to call the Indians, aren't you? Right. Uh, well, if you're looking for a young, inexperienced shortstop, the Indians have a closet full of those. Uh, if you're looking for a, a top-flight shortstop that you might want to rent on a one-year deal, uh, you'd be calling the Rockies right now because it looks like the Rockies are selling off bits and pieces uh, on the fly, and Trevor Story is as good as they get uh, available out there for a trade right now. Uh, of course, over the weekend, the huge news that uh, Nolan Arenado is going to St. Louis. So that gives the, the Cardinals now uh, Nolan Arenado throwing across the diamond to Paul Goldschmidt at, at first base. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a lineup now that, that has a lot of punch to it. Uh, uh, what does that move say about what's going on in Colorado? I don't know, Joe. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of frightening. He, they, you know, what, two years after he signs that huge deal, he's gone. And, and do we even know what they've got in return? Uh, or have they said you know, who's coming to, who's going to the Rockies way? Four prospects, including uh, a, a DH first baseman who the, uh, the, the Cardinals acquired from the Indians for Mercado, uh, you know, oh, okay. years ago. And I, I mean, these are all low to mid-level prospects. And I, I think uh, I think the Rockies are also sending that the Rockies are paying $50 million to the Cardinals, yeah. you know, to for, this year of a for, for his contract. So yeah, for this year, right. Something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's prorated over a, a few years. So it just a, a ridiculous, uh, um, you know, situation where you sign this guy to make him your cornerstone for a 10 on a 10 year deal. And then you're trading him within, within two seasons, you're paying another team to take him off your hands for a, a relatively low, not relatively an incredibly low return in terms of prospects. Uh, I, I just, the, the state of affairs in Colorado, probably not very good uh, right now in, in terms of their, their front office and the way they're handling Yeah. And, you know, and the, the GM and Arenado obviously, you know, had a falling out last year and that the, the fence was not mended as we, as, as we saw. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's a great player, but, and uh, you know, you, you wonder what, if a guy made that kind of commitment to the Rockies, you know, I mean, a multi-year deal, you know, rich beyond comparison. And uh, all of a sudden, he, you know, he's complaining two years in, you know, what was he watching for eight years? Right. You know, you've seen the Rockies, how they operate. And uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> when things go bad, they go bad. And the best, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's it's a frightening thing to watch. And, uh, but the Cardinals have come out on top, obviously. Right. And, and he, he goes to the Cardinals, a team that, you know, by all reports, by all accounts that, you know, guys like Arenado love to play for. And, and he's got uh, opt outs in 2021 and 22 or after 21 and 22. And you can pretty much just forget about those or play. He, he can opt out of that contract uh, after those two seasons. And I don't think there's any way he's going to do that. I think uh, we, we, we've seen, you know, other others speculate that, you know, you might as well forget about him opting out because he's just going to love playing in St. Louis and they're going to love him. 
Yeah, St. Louis is a great baseball town, uh, always has been. And, you know, they're very, very consistent. You know, they've been down a little the last couple of years, but they usually are in, in the postseason hunt. They usually put up a winning record, and they've got a great, great history. How many, like 11 World Series 11 titles? World Series titles, like yeah. Second uh, to the Yankees. Per, per sportsbetting.com, over the weekend, the Cardinals lowered their odds from 40 to 1 to 20 to 1 and and 12 to 1 to win the pennant uh next year just by uh just by trading for Arenado. So uh there you go. They uh they they are making moves as well. All right. I uh, just wanted to circle back though and mention and talk about uh you know the the Rosario signing, the the return of Cesar Hernandez answering questions offensively for the Indians. Uh, still one of the big questions out there is can they get and can they find a veteran bullpen arm, somebody to, to sort of solidify those those middle innings and bridge uh, from their, their starting rotation uh, to the back end with uh, Manuel Classe, Nick Wickren, and James Karinczak? Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. I mean, you look at the bullpen right now, to me, you've got four guys. You've got Karinczak, Wickren, Maton and, and Class A, if Class A is healthy, if he's, you know, off the juice. And I would imagine, you know, he wised up. I, he wised up over this. So uh, then, you know, so that's four spots. And depending on how the rosters are, what? You're going to need at least three more guys, maybe right. four more guys. Right. And, uh, you know, one of those got, guys, one of those guys could be Adam Plucko. You got to, you got to think about that. Yeah. They've got a lot of, you know, swing guys like, uh, Whoever doesn't make the fifth spot in the rotation, you know, Cal Quantrill, uh, you know, Logan Allen, Adam Plutko, you've got, uh, you know, you've got a Scott Moss, guys like that. And uh, so, but you still need, I think you, they still have to bring in, you know, another one or two relievers. And they used to do this all the time, you know, bring three or four guys in on minor league deals. Uh, and if, you know, they had opt outs at the end of spring training, but they only did, they didn't do that last year. They only did it with one guy, I believe. And, uh, you know, to save money, it sounded like to me, or to look, take a harder look at their younger guys. So maybe, you know, if a guy like Cam Hill gets healthy, you know, he's, he's a candidate for that job, but, you know, I think we're going to see some guys uh, sign minor league deals here in the upcoming weeks, Joe, and, and get invites to big league camp. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Cam Hill, who, who suffered a, a broken wrist uh, in, a, in a car accident in the offseason. Uh, we don't know what the timetable is on his his return, but you gotta you gotta think that at some point he's going to be up with the, with the club uh, one way or another. Whether he starts the season rehabbing and then goes to AAA uh, and then and then works his way up, but uh, he was a guy who they they sort of trusted in a couple of positions last year, uh, so so they'll want to see him. But but he doesn't fill that. He doesn't fit that mold or that need, like you were saying, of a veteran guy who you can just, you know, a guy like a Tyler Clippard over the last couple of years. Or, right. You know, th- th- those guys. Tyler Clippard was the Swiss Army knife that, that Terry Francona could use to to start uh, a bullpen day game or to to you know come back after a long rain delay, something like that. Uh, somebody with experience and who you can just rely on uh, would be an ideal situation. I'm sure there's a guy out there that, that fits that, that bill is, 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 are the Indians willing to, to pay what it, it's going to take to get a guy like that though? 
yeah, you know, Oliver Perez is still out there. I don't know if they want to go back to the uh, to the, the the fountain of youth again. I don't know, but uh, Perez, you know, always has what two and a half years with the tribe. He's always mm-hmm. pitched well for him, and they need a lefty. I talked to uh, Scott uh, Scott Boros, uh, his agent, and asked him if uh, the Indians were interested. He said yes, and he said uh, he described uh, Perez as. Pitching into perpetuity. There you go. <laughs> the, what the, I... the ageless one. Yeah, I think I think personally, I think the Indians have have squeezed all they can get out of uh, out of Perez. There, uh, it's probably the case, but but who knows if you know maybe if they get put in a spot again. There aren't many left-handed arms in that uh, in that bullpen right now. Uh, let's uh, move on. I, I guess the the news today, the word today, got out that the Indians are looking to uh, not have fans on site at their practice facility uh, as they normally would during spring training. So no chance for the the fans to get up to the fences, get close to the players uh, due to the COVID-19 virus still being uh, heavily active in, especially in um, Arizona in Maricopa County, especially Uh, the, the proposal that's out there from Major League Baseball to shorten the season, uh, to move things back a month, uh, is expected to be rejected today by the Players Association, and and might not even get a counter offer. They were going to, uh, you know, delay the start of the season from April first to April twenty eighth, and and knock what you know a bunch of games, uh, eight games off, a fifty four game season, something like that, uh, one hundred fifty four game season. Um, you know, just your thoughts. Hoinsey, on on where we are right now, or, or do you think we're going to get spring training started on time? Yeah, Joe, I I still don't know, and I I still don't think the majority of teams know. I mean, you know, the players say they're headed out to uh, Florida and and in Arizona on February seventeenth. You know, as as uh, proposed, uh, the the uh, ownership the owners you know made that proposal last week. One hundred fifty four game season, like you said. And the players would get paid uh, for 162 games. You would move back uh, spring training to uh, it would start on uh, I believe uh, March 22nd. The season would start on uh, April 28th. Um, so you know, be, and that would give you give states Florida and and uh, Arizona time to maybe get on top of the pandemic to get more people you know uh, vaccinated. And uh, would also give uh, you know ownership a, a chance to get people into the stands during when the when the regular season started. But right now it looks like it's going to be uh, turned down by the players association. You know, I, I I'm not sure what they're you know I know what they're thinking is, but I don't think it makes a lot of sense to uh, send your players into two COVID hotbeds. Uh, you know, just be just to prove a point. It seems like to me. And but the players are saying we got through a 60 game pandemic last year, you know, with, you know, with, uh, you know, some, some, some setbacks, but not major setback. And uh, so why don't we do it? Why can't we do it again? Right. Uh, I guess uh, a lot of things that are being talked about right now, the, the inclusion uh, in that proposal would have, would have had the the universal DH for both leagues Uh, would have had expanded playoffs to to 14 um, teams. I, I guess the the players association is saying, look, these things that you think are are bargaining chips uh, that the league thinks are bargaining chips, 
you know, the, the, the expanded playoff seems to be something that they value a lot more and think that they should be getting a lot more in return for. Uh, you can't just throw that in there to this, uh, you know, proposal to shorten the season and dress it up like, hey, uh, we're trying to make sure everything, everybody's healthy and everybody stays safe. Uh, it, really what you're trying, what, what the players are saying is, yeah, you're, you're dressing it up as a, a health and safety, you know, measure, but, but really you're trying to get this, uh, this big cherry of a, of a, of a get with the, um, with the expanded playoffs and we're not going to let you have it that easily. Yeah. And uh, they, they think the expanded playoffs, at least from what I've read and heard that uh, the expanded playoffs would not, uh, would, would make teams less inclined to spend money uh, to, to, uh, you know, on their roster, on players, uh, on improvements, so they could make the postseason because it's easier to make the postseason. You know, I think it would be just the opposite of that. If I was, if I owned a team, if I, if there was some more postseason slots open, I would spend more to uh, to improve my team. But you know, the players' association is taking a different view on that, and and I think Joe, maybe they want to save the DH as a bargaining chip for the end of this season, the end of the 2021 season, when when the basic agreement expires in December. Right. Right. And you'll definitely see it. I, I think beyond the 2021 season, I think starting uh, definitely in 2022, the, the, the universal DH will, will be a part of baseball. It, it's just, you know, like you said, do, do they want to hold on to it for this year or, or let it go with this agreement coming up for, for the start of play? All right. Well, uh, we've uh, reached the end of another Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Uh, looking forward to hopefully uh, you know, getting a little bit closer. We're, we're what? We're 16 days away. If if they reject this proposal, we're, we're 16 days away from the start of camp, right? February 17th? Yeah, February 17th, yeah. So uh, hopefully between now and, and February 17th, we see a couple more uh, uh, signings, maybe some, like you said, the, the, the minor league uh, contracts for, for bullpen guys, and and we just keep getting keep our head down and keep barreling towards spring training. Yeah, when are the trucks leave? We got to find that. You know, Tony Amato is he working overtime right uh, I'll now text, to load those trucks, or I'll, we don't get paid yet? I'll, I'll text Amato after we get off of here, and we'll we'll see what he says about uh, about loading up those trucks. He, you know, that's his favorite day when all the uh, the reporters are there on the loading dock, bothering him while he's trying to get his work done. Uh, <laughs> all right, Hoinsie, we'll check in with you again later on this week here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>